0: Cherokee was a prospector and the civic father of a new mining town constructed mainly of canvas and undressed pine. One day, while his burro was eating pine burrs, Cherokee unearthed a nugget weighing a full 30 ounces. He staked his claim and then, being a man of breadth and hospitality, sent out invitations to his friends in three states to drop in and share his luck not one of the invited guests sent regrets. They rolled in from the Gila country, from Salt River, from the Pecos, from Albuquerque and Phoenix and Santa Fe, and from the camps intervening. When a thousand citizens had arrived and taken up claims, they named the town Yellowhammer, appointed a vigilance committee, and presented Cherokee with a watch chain made of nuggets. Three hours after the presentation ceremonies, Cherokee's claim played out. He had located a mere pocket instead of a vein. He abandoned it and staked others one by one. Luck had written him off. Never afterward did he turn up enough gold dust in Yellowhammer to pay his bar bill. But his thousand invited guests prospered, and Cherokee was happy to smile and congratulate them. Yellowhammer was made up of men who took off their hats to a smiling loser. So they asked Cherokee to tell him his plans for the future. Me? Oh, I reckon I'll prospect along up in the Mariposas. Mm. If I strike
1: it up there, I'll most certainly let you all know about the facts. I never was any hand to hold out cards on my friends. Well, that's
0: true. In May, Cherokee packed his burrow and turned its thoughtful, mouse-colored forehead to the north. Many citizens escorted him to the undefined limits of Yellowhammer and bestowed upon him shouts of commendation and farewells. He was reminded to consider Yellowhammer his home a place where he had a perpetual commission for his bed, bacon and eggs, and hot water for shaving, in the event that Luck did not see fit to warm her hands by his campfire in the Mariposas. Cherokee's name, by the way, was given to him by the gold hunters, in accordance with their popular practice of doing such things. The majority of the names found among these people were formed out of personal peculiarities, For example, many folks were easily dubbed geographically from the regions from which they confessed to have hailed. Cherokee derived his title from the fact that he claimed to have lived for a time with that tribe in the Indian nation. Such names as Shorty, Bowlegs, Texas, Lazy Bill, Thirsty Rogers, Limping Riley, and California Ed were also in favor. A few vainglorious and shameless people dared to reveal their proper and indisputable names. This was held to be unduly arrogant and did not win popularity. One man who said he was Chesterton L.C. Belmont and proved it by letters was given till sundown to leave the town. On the 20th day of December, Baldy, the mail rider, brought the citizens of Yellowhammer a piece of news. What do I see in Albuquerque but
2: Cherokee, all embellished and uh, festooned up like the Tsar of Turkey? (laughs) And lavishing money in bulk. His pockets looked like a pool tables after a 15-ball run. (laughs) He
3: must have struck pay dirt. Well, I am much obliged to him for his success. I should think Cherokee would swagger down to
4: Yellowhammer and see his friends. Don't you agree, Californian? (laughs) (laughs) But that is most often the way. Prosperity is the finest cure there is for lost forgetfulness. uh,
2: Hold on, Judge. I'm coming to that. Mm -hmm. The Cherokee strikes a three-foot vein Mm -hmm. up in the Mariposas and sells it out to a syndicate outfit for a hundred thousand hasty dollars. In cash! (laughs) Then he buys himself a baby seal skin overcoat Mm -hmm. and a red sleigh. And what do you think he takes it in his head to do next? Become a gambling fool? <laughs> nope. Cherokee took me to a room and showed me. He's got that room full of drums and dolls and skates and bags of candy and jumping jacks and such infantile stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And what do you think he's going to do with them knickknacks? No. Well, don't surmise none. Cherokee told me he's going to give an imitation of Santa Claus. What? Huh? Santa Claus. He's got a white wig, whiskers that disfigure uh, him up exactly like the pictures of this overgrown elf, oh. and a red suit of fur trimmed outside underwear, and eight ounce gloves, and a stand up, lay <laughs> down, crochet red cap. <laughs> he's going to drive down here to Yellowhammer and give the kids, I mean, the kids of this here town, yeah. the biggest Christmas tree and the biggest crying doll and a little giant boy's tool chest blowout that was ever seen west of the Cape Hatteras.
4: I cannot construe what Cherokee was thinking, can you? Well,
3: Judge, if I knew what that word construe meant, I, I might know how to answer. I'm just saying that what he's doing doesn't make an out of sense. Oh, yeah. And you know, that's a surprise. I mean, what with Yellowhammer being Cherokee's town, he should've known better. Knowed better? Yeah, although, come to think of it, now he's been gone from Yellowhammer over seven months, well, it just must've slipped his mind. What are the two of you talking about? What
4: slipped his mind? Baldy, need we remind you that the Yellowhammer population does not contain any children. Not a single one. Oh. And knowing the ages of the child-bearing women in this town, none loom on the horizon. For some reason, we've not yet attracted the child-rearing crowd. <laughs>
3: yeah, the town ain't settled in enough yet, I reckon. Mm. Oh, Plum forgot about that. <laughs> oh, well,
2: uh, that that puts a bit of a damper on, on Cherokee's whole Santa
3: plan, don't it?
4: I'm sure it does, uh-huh.
3: it? Well. When is he coming over with his hoard of plenty? Morning before Christmas.
4: Mm. Well, that's in four
2: days. Yep. Mm. Oh, and and he wants a room fixed up and, and
3: a Christmas tree hauled and ready. Oh, well, it'd be a disgrace to Yellowhammer if it lets Cherokee down on his good gesture. <laughs> you know, you might say that that man made this town. He did. And for one, I'm going to see what can be done to give Santa Claus a square deal. My
4: cooperation would be gladly forthcoming. I'm indebted to Cherokee for past favors, but I do not see how we can... Well, i
3: Oh, well, just keep your teeth in, Judge. Now, here's the plan. (laughs) I am going to hitch up a team and rustle a load of kids for Cherokee Santa Claus Act. (laughs) Even if I have to rob an orphan asylum. (laughs) I will accompany you. Ah,
4: good. (laughs) Is robbing kids legal? Oh, we'll not steal them. But perhaps such eloquence and gift of language as I possess will be of benefit in persuading our young friends to uh, lend themselves to our project.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Within an hour, Yellowhammer was acquainted with the scheme of California Ed and the judge and approved it. Citizens who knew of families with offspring within a 40 mile radius of Yellowhammer came forward and contributed their information. California Ed made careful notes of all such and then hastened to secure a vehicle and team. He and the judge departed for their honorable journey on Tuesday, two days before Santa's arrival. The first stop scheduled was at the Wildersnaps, a log house 15 miles out from Yellowhammer. Mr. Wildersnap opened the door at California Ed's Hale and then came down and leaned upon the rickety gate. The doorway was filled with a close mass of youngsters, some ragged, all full of curiosity and health. It's this way, uh, Mr.
3: Wildersnap. Mm -hmm. We're from Yellowham. And we come kidnapping, in a gentle kind of way. <laughs> that's right. See, yeah. One of our leading citizens is bound and determined to be Santa Claus, and he's due in town tomorrow with half the falderals that's painted red and made in Germany. <clears throat> now, the youngest kid we got in Yellowhammer packs a 45 and a safety razor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, consequently, you see, we're mighty shy on anybody to say. Oh, and ah, when we light the candles on the Christmas tree. Now, partner, if you just loan us a few kids, we guarantee to return them safe and sound on Christmas Day. Absolutely. Oh, and they'll come back loaded down with a good time and Swiss Family Robinsons and cornucopias and red drums and similar festive items. So, what do you say? In other well, words, we've know. discovered
4: for the first time in our embryonic but progressive little city the inconveniences of the absence of adolescence, <laughs> the, the season of the year having approximately arrived, during which it is custom to bestow frivolous uh, but often appreciated
0: gifts upon yeah, the young uh, and tender uh, members. I, I of understand. <laughs> I guess I need detain you gentlemen. Uh, Me and the old woman have got seven kids, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. running my mind over the bunch, I don't appear to hit upon none that we could spare for you to take over to your doings. Oh. You see, the old woman has got some popcorn candy and rag dolls hidden in the clothes chest, Mm. and we allow to give Christmas a little whirl of our own in an insignificant sort of style. Mm. No, I I couldn't seem to fall in with the idea of letting none of them go. Thank you kindly, gentlemen. Bye. Mm.
4: Not the most magnanimous
3: start to our journey. Shoot, that one family could have filled our cookie jar, too. Well, let's press on, yeah? Hmm.
0: Down the slope they drove and up another foothill to the ranch house of Wiley Wilson. California Ed recited his appeal and the judge boomed out his ponderous antiphony. Mrs. Wiley gathered her two rosy-cheeked youngsters close to her skirts, and did not smile until she had seen Wiley laugh and shake his head. Again, the two men from Yellowhammer were refused. California Ed and the judge vainly exhausted more than half their list before twilight set in among the hills. They spent the night at a stage road hostelry and set out again early the next morning. The wagon had not acquired a single passenger.
3: Uh, it's creeping upon my faculties, Judge. Mm-hmm. That barn kids Christmas is something like trying to steal butter from a man that's got hot pancakes coming.
0: Yeah. On the day before Christmas, they drove thirty miles, making four fruitless halts and appeals. Everywhere they found kids at a premium. No one was willing to part with them over the Christmas holiday. The sun was low when they pulled up their mules to the Railroad Eaton House at Granite Junction. The train had just departed with its load of fed and appeased passengers. On the steps of the eating house, they found a thin and glowering boy of 10 chewing tobacco. The dining room had been left in chaos by previous nomads and their appetites. A youngish woman reclined, exhausted in a chair. Her face wore sharp lines of worry. She had once possessed a certain style of beauty that would never wholly leave her and would never wholly return. California Ed proclaimed his spiel, and the woman replied,
3: I'd count it a mercy if
4: you'd take Bobby for a while. I'm on the go from morning till night and I don't have time to tend to him. He's learning bad habits from the men. It'll be the only chance he'll have to get any Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. The men went outside and conferred with Bobby, the judge regaling him with their offer. And moreover, my young friend, Santa Claus himself will personally
4: distribute the offerings that will typify the gifts conveyed by the shepherds of Bethlehem to the baby. Oh,
5: come off. I ain't no kid. There aren't any Santa Claus. It's a fairy tale. Is that so? Yep.
3: Well, Mister Know It All, Christmas trees ain't no fairy tale, <laughs> and this one's gonna look like the ten-cent store in Albuquerque, all strung up in a redwood. Why, there's tops and drums and
5: Noah's arcs. Oh, and... I gave up on those kid toys a long time ago. No, I'd like to have a rifle, not a target one, a real one to shoot wildcats with. But I guess you won't have any of them on your old tree.
3: Well, uh, can't say for sure. Might though, (laughs) you go along with us and
5: see. Well, I reckon I ain't got nothing better to do, (laughs) but I better get a rifle.
0: In Yellowhammer, the empty storeroom had been transformed into what might have passed as the garden dwelling of an Arizona fairy. The ladies had done their work well, A tall Christmas tree, covered to the topmost branch, with candles, spangles, and toys sufficient for more than a score of children, stood in the center of the floor. Near sunset, anxious eyes had begun to scan the street for the returning team of the child providers. At noon that day, Cherokee had dashed into town with his new sleigh, piled high with bundles and boxes and bales of all sizes and shapes. So intent was he upon the arrangements for his altruistic plans, that the absence of children did not receive his notice. For all he knew, there were scores of them, and no one in Yellowhammer was going to tell him otherwise. However, when they returned from their mission, California Ed and the judge, bearing the marks of protracted travel, entered, conducting between them a single impish boy, who stared with sullen, pessimistic eyes at the gaudy tree.
5: I don't see me no rifle. Well,
4: this is a fine adornment. If I didn't know better, I'd say it was
3: the abode of Kris Kringle himself. It sure is. It sort of makes me wonder where Santa is. Baldy? Huh? Well, where's Santa? You know, Cherokee? Oh, Oh!
2: well. He came in at noon. You should have seen him. He was riding high, his
4: new sleigh piled high with bundles and boxes and bales of all sizes and shapes. Yeah, so we've heard. We were accosted by half the town on our way here. They wanted a detailed account of our, uh, well, success. So,
3: uh, where are the rest of the children? I mean, don't want to spoil the surprise? <laughs> Baldy. Prospecting for kids at Christmas time is like hunting in limestone for silver. Yeah. This parental business is one that I haven't had no chance to comprehend. See, it seems that fathers and mothers are willing for their offsprings to be drowned, stole, fed on poison oak, and hit by cougars 364 days in the year. But on Christmas Day, they insist on enjoying their company. Yeah. This here, young boy, is all that washes out of our two days' efforts. Well, uh, one kid's
2: better than none, I suppose.
5: Who's a kid? You ain't, you old hairless geezer.
3: Maybe none's better after all. We've done the best we could. It's tough on Cherokee, but it can't be helped. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho! Uh, Well, now, look who's here! (laughs) Oh,
4: happy oh, Christmas! Oh, Merry Christmas, Santa. Santa Claus! So, where are the children? Well, uh, Cherokee, uh, uh, Santa, we, we, the grateful citizens of Yellowhammer, didn't want to presume upon the goodness of your gestures by uh, overwhelming you with too many. Uh, well, you see, uh, <clears throat> this time of year, it
5: yeah. here he is. <laughs> hey, don't push.
4: This is all?
1: I'd expected a few more children, as you can tell by the load of gifts I've brung. But uh, Santa's as glad to see every little boy and girl. Merry Christmas, young feller. What's your name?
5: I ain't no little boy, and you ain't Santa Claus. There ain't any Santa Claus. You've got old false billy goat whiskers on your face.
1: An unbeliever, huh?
5: I came here because the driver said you'd have a rifle. But you haven't. I want to go home.
1: C-
3: came here? <laughs> what are you yammering about? Yeah, yeah. well, have a seat, kid, while I talk to Santa here. <laughs>
5: I'm not a kid!
1: Phew. This is the young young'un you got here in Yellowhammer?
3: Hmm. Well, actually, Cherokee, we ain't got none. Now, see, we didn't want your soiree here to be a bus, so we tried to hustle up a bunch of them for you. Oh, but this sardine was all we could catch. Now, it's a shame for you to be out all these fine gifts, but me and the judge was sure we could round up a wagon full of candidates for these here trinkets. Oh,
1: that's all right. The expense don't amount to nothing worth mentioning. We can dump the stuff down a shaft for all I care. I don't know what I was thinking about. It never occurred to me that there wasn't any kids here. Well, let me see if I can't make something out of the one we got. Excuse me, California, Ed. Sure, Cherokee. Well, here it goes. <clears throat> Mind if I sit?
5: It's your party, Santa. It is at
1: that. But since the jig is up, I suppose I can dispose of the costume. Where do you live, young man?
5: Granite Junction. Ooh, ouch. <laughs>
1: I don't know how Santa doesn't sweat himself skinny with all the hair and whiskers he's forks. That's better.
5: Hey, without your outfit, you look kinder familiar. I think I've seen you before.
1: I doubt it. Santa ain't never been to your house, except maybe to deliver a lump of coal.
5: (laughs) A lump of coal would be better than what I got presently, which is nothing.
1: Yeah. Oh, quarter past eight. If you want to get home for Christmas, we'd best be for moving.
5: Where'd you get that watch? My mom has a watch just like that.
1: Like, like this? Yeah. What's your name, buddy?
5: Robert Lumsden. I prefer Bobby.
1: So do I. Just a minute. Uh, California Ed, give this boy some food. I'm gonna shed these Christmas studs and hitch up my sleigh. The boy's spending Christmas with his folks. Will do. Yeah, yeah, giddy up.
5: I know where I've seen you before.
1: Yeah, where's that?
5: On the bureau, at home.
1: On the bureau?
5: Yeah, your picture's there. My mother puts it under her pillow some nights. I saw her kiss it once. I wouldn't, but women are that way.
1: <sighs> hey, kid, what are you doing?
5: Having some tobacco. You want a pinch?
1: No, and you're not having any neither. Throw that tobacco away. All right. Throw the whole lot away, too. What? Boy, I said to throw it
0: away in a minute. All right. That's better.
5: Nobody never made me do nothing I didn't want to do before.
1: Tell me, kid. Are you sure your mother kissed that picture that looks like me?
5: Dead sure. I seen her do it.
1: Hmm. I guess there's always hope, kid. Huh? Half past nine. We'll hit Granite Junction plumb on time with Christmas Day. You cold?
5: Sit closer. Who are you, mister?
1: Well, I already told you. In these parts, I'm known as Santa Claus. Or Cherokee. But other places, I go by my given name Samuel. Lumsden.
2: Huh?
0: But you can call me Pa. From that day on, Cherokee gave wind to worry and went by his proper name. He'd been Cherokee for many years, a man whose only love was gold and the joys that taking and giving of the yellow dust could bring to man. But as Samuel Lumsden, he resumed the most valuable role of all, receiving and giving the best gift possible, husband and father. Bobby woke up the next morning to a silver-mounted rifle. Mrs. Lumsden woke up to her long lost husband and Cherokee sidetracked by the vanity of life for a season he was given the gift he most needed his family